I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. The promise of data-driven medicine is that it can accelerate the diagnosis of disease, provide patients with the most effective treatments for their particular conditions, and improve drug development. Sophia Genetics is drawing on extensive information from its global data-sharing network to make data-driven medicine a reality. We spoke to Emily Paul, Product Director of Platform for Sophia Genetics, about Sophia's vision for data-driven medicine, the challenge of managing vast amounts of data and turning it into actionable information, and how it's changing patient care today. Emily, thanks for joining us. Much appreciated, Danny. Glad to be here. We're going to talk about Sophia Genetics, data-driven medicine, and the potential to leverage data with artificial intelligence to improve outcomes for patients. Sophia has a vision of data-driven medicine. What does that look like, and to what extent is it a reality today? I think it's it's a reality as we speak um, at the moment, and and that's a really important part of how we look at precision medicine at the moment. So Sophia is, is a company that started trying to understand some of our, our next generation sequencing assays and the, the clinical utility of those. And we've expanded to become a, a much, much greater global footprint with over 700 institutes, part of a, a community that's looking to enhance the way we look at these things, how we take global information and potentially use it to inform cohorting of information. We have have evolved to look not just at the original point mutations or SNVs and indels in genomic information, but to look at broader types of mutations, to look at broader disease implications, and to look at bigger and bigger data sets, which is a huge part of of why we can now move into multiple modalities of information. So this is all coming together because of tools like machine learning and the capability to extract information from them. What is the range of data that Sophia gathers today? And maybe as important, what are the sources of that data? The the range of data varies when we look at the type of diseases we cover. So we look at rare and inherited diseases. So that's a type or a, a range of data. But we also cover oncology. And, and when I talk about these types of information, I'm talking specifically about genomic profiles, looking at them either through DNA or through RNA. Both of those are the types of data that we would collect in the panel. And in those types of disease families, we're looking at a a scale of information. So this range also includes these very brief panels, these consolidated panels of genomic information to large expansive either pan-cancer or exome-based data sets. 
And, and this growth in data has allowed us to appreciate movement of larger scale information, including things like new modalities. And these modalities can include imaging. And I, I'd like to take a moment and mention how we have a partnership with GE to really explore how we can extract information and learn from imaging data. So all of these sources of information are coming from different groups, different institutes, we talk about data-driven medicine, but we also want to talk about democratizing data-driven medicine, allowing labs or institutes or hospitals to take that information generation onto themselves and owning that process and owning that data. So while we receive it, it's still their data. How difficult has it been to get others to share data and, and how much of a challenge is it structurally harmonizing all of that data? Well, I think it can be difficult to to share information, but one of the first discussions we have with groups that, that use us is about data security and privacy. It's a huge, huge implication of what we're looking at. These are our blueprints of us, right? When we think about DNA and we think about genomics, but we've shown and demonstrated a, a incredibly high standard uh, for for privacy and security. We work with several partners to ensure that any related PHI or patient health information is protected and segregated as it should be. And this conversation becomes a lot easier. We also see that it becomes a lot easier as institutes are moving to, to cloud-based infrastructures. So they're realizing the value in having mobile or, or transportable data. Not that it should be ever shared inappropriately, but simply that, that the accessibility ways are changing. We see also a lot of, of CMIOs, chief medical information officers, not just chief medical officers. So we're seeing a lot of, of changes in that regard, too. And harmonizing the data is, is not that hard if you take it from the raw data sets. And that's exactly what we look to do at Sophia because we've invested heavily in, in being able to take it from that point. So when we gather, uh, I think we're over 800,000 genomic profiles at this point, we've been able to assess them because we start at the raw data. Well, that's a lot of data. And oh, you yes. start laying, layering on <laughs> medical imaging and proteomics and, and electronic mm -hmm. health records. How do you manage the sheer volume and scale of that as it increases? Data is huge. And, and that's a great point. How do we scale? It's something that we've really been looking at. Actually, I would say probably for the last two years as the clinical utility of particular panels, and those I'm talking about are the larger exomes, the pan-cancer panels, gets more relevant. So we want to be able to keep up with that. And specifically, our architecture has changed to be a scalable cloud-based architecture that allows us to support this. Now, this is going to be an ever-evolving thing. The more of those layers, like you mentioned, that we stack on top of each other, the more we have to be able to call them at the same time, the more we have to be able to extract certain features at the same time and reasonably provide a cohorted experience. Um, but again, we're, we're really excited with, with how we can layer these because it provides a, a real look or a comprehensive look of precision medicine. So, so a big step forward for us to be able to handle these. We're very good at generating data, and, and yeah. you've seen large <laughs> yeah. volumes of it. What's it take to turn that into actionable information? 
Yeah, so we at Sophia have taken a, a customized approach and you might think, okay, that seems burdensome, but it's actually worthwhile. We host over 330 genomic pipelines or bioinformatic pipelines within the SOFIA platform at the moment. And this is specifically focusing on genomics. We have other pipelines for other modalities that we're talking about. But we use these pipelines to, to bring all of this together and, and take advantage of what we learn from the diversity of data. So I mentioned we're in over 700 institutes. Every one of those institutes is producing data in their own way, as, as one would expect. But by, by having modular bioinformatics pipelines where we could apply the appropriate subsections of algorithms to this pipeline allows us to, to be better at determining the signal from the noise. So once we're able to, to apply these pipelines, we can then go ahead and identify, annotate, pre-classify all of the variants within that sample. And then we layer on filtering tools within the application. Because as you mentioned, lots of data. How do we get to something that's relevant? How do we get to something that's causative? And how do we understand the implications there? We look at these exome panels with tens of thousands of variants. Practically speaking, nobody has time to review every single one of them. We've built tools into the platform and the pipeline to be able to annotate those and, and access them directly. Your offerings cut across many different healthcare segments. Give me a sense of the range of customers you serve and the product offering for those different segments. So, so we do cut across a lot of segments. We, we work with a diversity of institutes. If we think of the tier one medical centers um, and we think of, of groups like um, Institute Gustave Roussy in France, where we, we recently had a, a new collaboration, one of the top cancer centers in the world. But we also work with private labs like DASA out of Brazil um, in many, many institutes um, globally. These all have different needs. They all have different levels of bioinformatics support. Some of these are, are top in their field, like DASA and, and IGR. But then there are some, some smaller private labs that are are a send out source for, for the local hospital network. They may have different infrastructure resources, including a, a varied level of, of bioinformaticians, IT support, geneticists themselves. So we have different tools within the platform that suit the need of a, a level of users. And, and the reality is these folks are, are looking at all of our tests. So we talk about what sort of solutions do we provide. We look at both oncology and inherited diseases in those areas. And, and we, pre we feel that we're able to, to support them directly. And so far, our, our customer feedback shows that. And do the product offerings share commonalities? Do they reside on the same data infrastructure? Yeah, that's, that's an important question because they do actually reside within our universal platform. I, I mentioned we have all of these pipelines. Now, the pipelines are because our platform is agnostic. It takes in all sorts of information, but it takes it in correctly. And when we learn from an oncology assay, we also can apply what we learn there to a germline assay. Though they're not the same learnings, 
um, but they can then be shared in how we understand signal to noise. And all of the tools in there can be, can be useful. Yes, we have specific tools that may be more relevant for oncology than it is for, for inherited diseases, but there are uh, commonalities throughout there. And so that actually facilitates a, a workflow. And it allows labs to adopt more tests and to own more of their own data and their more of their own processes without having to train on six different platforms to be able to provide a bioinformatics solution that's reasonable. And how do you engage with customers? I, I take it there are different payment models you use. What's the choice a customer may have for working with Sophie? Sure. I, I'd say our primary model at the moment is a, a per sample model. And whether this is what we call a bundle where they use both the Sophia reagents as well as the bioinformatics solutions or just the bioinformatics solutions, we have a, a per sample. And, and I think that's a really powerful mechanism we have at the moment to be able to, to use that as a direct feedback loop. Um, you know, the more folks use the platform, the more we, we understand what we're doing well and can continue to to explore in those areas. And on the clinical side, do you have to go through any kind of FDA approval? So, so at the moment, we don't currently have an FDA approval, and that's still okay because Laboratory-developed tests, or LDTs, are a very common thing in NGS adoption. So we can show a, a lab how to adopt a test. We support them through something we call setup programs to be able to bring an assay online and confidently execute both the chemistry and the enrichment in the laboratories, as well as the bioinformatics processes. And these can support their own validations of these assays. So we have a, a way to, to help that adoption, um, but we don't currently have a marking. We're working on, at the moment, some, some approaches to regulations in Europe. And then as we get comfortable with those regulations, we'll potentially expand into looking at FDA. But the reality is the, the LDT is perfect for, for what this assay and what the community needs at the moment. And what has Sophia done to validate it? Oh, we do so much benchmarking. Um, we look to understand what the gold standards are in the field. So we particularly have have a variety of mutations we can detect. I mentioned at the top, SNVs, indels, fusions, CNVs, different immuno-oncology markers. But all of these we've benchmarked to the gold standard in the field and in the respective gold standard, right? You want to make sure you're using the appropriate conditions in all ways. And I, I mentioned this for sample diversity type, particularly for things like, oh, reference samples can be made out of FFPE or, or that particular preservative method that so damages our, our DNA, or we could extract it ourselves. And we want to extract it. We want to be clear in the way that a lab would extract it. So we want to show the process to which we're able to get these results. So so we've done some pretty significant benchmarking on the solutions that we provide. So when I say that, I'm thinking those, those wet lab and dry lab components. But of course, we've done benchmarking on our bioinformatics only solutions. So things where, where we're just providing the, the pipeline. We started by talking about data-driven medicine. We did. I, I thought we could take a, a deeper dive into your oncology offerings to really kind of see that in practice and, and understand how it works. Uh, 
what's the range of offerings just within oncology that that Sophia has? Oh goodness, I would say that's probably about sixty um, percent of of our offerings at the moment, um, if not more. And and we look to, of course, first step is inherited cancer, so our hereditary cancer assays that we have, where we support them, both through bioinformatics solutions, our bundle solutions. And custom solutions. I would say that's one of the most popular things that we do is bespoke solutions to meet the needs of the client that we're talking to directly. And is this being used for diagnosis or for making treatment decisions? Is the best therapeutic approach? So in inherited cancer, that's going to be to, to look for predispositions. But of course, we do have active solutions um, for both myeloid disorders, so heme-onc or solid tumor oncology. Both of those, we have um, different bundled and dry lab solutions that would directly indicate the, the subtype of tumor somebody has. And of course, when we understand the subtype of tumor, we can understand what may be actionable, what may be therapeutic, diagnostic, or prognostic as we see the, the fragmentation of different cancer profiles throughout the field. How broadly are these products being used today? And is there a challenge in getting customer adoption? Sure. There's, there's always a, a challenge in adoption anywhere you go. I think with any assay that is considered newer, people want to be confident in it. And I, I can certainly respect that. You want to know what you're doing is the best step forward. But the, the reality is this is becoming the accepted baseline. And, and as we meet with more groups, as we meet with more labs, that is the, the accepted understanding at this point. So with solutions like Sophia's, where we're able to offer something like a setup program, as I mentioned a bit earlier, where, where we guide them through adoption of this test, they feel comfortable with it. They, they will do their own validations, as I mentioned, for the laboratory developed tests or the LDTs. But by having the support that Sophia can offer within the, the field and, and on the ground, they feel comfortable in accepting this. So, so not so much of a hurdle in, in the appreciation for the results that this can provide. Just, of course, making sure that it meets all the standards to be confident in the result. And are, is there evidence that this is getting patients faster answers, better treatments, better outcomes? So I can't speak to, to outcomes in the sense that I, I don't personally interact with patients, but I do know that the turnaround time is crucial to how we view how we view treatments, right? The faster we know something, the faster we can act upon it. And if you're able to own a process in-house, it will inherently be faster than sending out samples to, to package something else, to have somebody else extract it, to have somebody else process it, somebody else review it, and then send you the report, rather than doing all of that in-house and being able to directly share any report with the appropriate department, that's definitely faster. And in different cancers, the, the treatment time can be crucial. Emily Paul, Product Director of Platform for Sophia Genetics. Emily, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.